Welcome to the podcast and the church said. My name is Dr. Monique Smith-Gadson, a Christian licensed professional counselor specializing in marriage and family therapy. I'm your host for this weekly podcast where we discuss church and culture from a Christian counseling perspective. All of our insights are rooted biblically to foster emotional, mental, and spiritual health for individuals and churches. We aim to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Quite simply, we help the church help the people. Although I am a licensed clinician, this podcast is not intended to serve as therapy. We strongly encourage you to seek out your own personal relationship with a professional therapist. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to have you join us for our conversation on today. I would like to take time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast, to those who have subscribed and those who share. I am so appreciative of your support and your encouragement. Please continue to support the work here. I'm grateful for the reviews and the ratings that have been left. Please continue to share the podcast and ask others to, to subscribe if this is something that they will find um, that they like to listen to. I am immensely grateful for you all continuing to be a part of this journey with me. Of course, most importantly, I want to make sure that this is found pleasing unto God. It's better to be obedient than it is to sacrifice, right? But thank you again for your continued support. So today is Father's Day, 2020 a day that has become quite the challenge for me since 2018. My daddy left to be with the Lord March of 2018. So this year, Father's Day 2020 marks the third Father's Day without my dad here in the earthly realm. There are some days it still seems so surreal. Other days where I feel someone has punched me directly in my gut. There is still some sense of shock around how quickly everything transpired from the day he went into the hospital until five days later, he was called home. This is the first Father's Day since I launched the podcast, and I felt I wanted to dedicate this episode to my daddy, Reverend Willie Frank Smith Sr. I just want to spend some time in reflection on this Father's Day. I do not know how else to describe our relationship, the relationship between me and my dad, other than it was most unique. He would often say I was his only daughter and probably only because I made such a big deal about it. I think it was my way of carving out this exclusive place that no one else could feel. He was my only dad. I was his only daughter. I was only one month old when he was installed as a pastor, and he was still pastoring his third pastorate when God called him home. Daddy had taught English for over 25 years in public school systems in Mississippi and Alabama. He also taught music. He also directed choirs. There were many people that have looked up to him as more than a teacher and a pastor over these years. He was a father, he was as a father to so many. And I always admired that. It was evident at his celebration of life service 
the numbers of people that showed up and shared memories and messages showed that his life touched a multitude of people. And I always admire that. And at times I loathed it also. I wanted to make sure in my young mind that I didn't get lost in that multitude. Because daddy, I am your only daughter. And I never got lost. He made sure I didn't. Daddy took up a lot of space in my life. I realized that when he left here, the hole in my heart, the void that was left, the yearning within my being, he took up a lot of space. Some of my most important and my fun aspects of life are a direct impact of his life upon mine. My faith is strong in God because of the life my daddy lived. He was a man of faith. He would not be hurried into decisions. He would give prayerful consideration before moving forward. That got on my nerves. I wanted an answer now. But oddly enough, that has now become my MO. I've experienced too many consequences of moving without prayerful consideration too many negative consequences. He modeled the discipline needed to not get ahead of God. I remember when I was young and I would be afraid of things from thunderstorms to threats to people. Daddy would always say the same thing to me. When I am afraid, I will trust in thee. He had begun planting seeds to whom I should turn when I am afraid. God and God alone. He was my first and my forever pastor. I've only had two other pastors other than my daddy to date in my life. He baptized me. I still remember sitting in the chair at the front of the church giving my life to the Lord. I remember being afraid and yet comforted knowing that he was right by my side as I was being submerged in the water. I do not know how many sermons I've listened to and have listened to over the course of my life. <clears throat> Every Sunday in Sunday school, he reminded us of the importance of studying to show ourselves approved, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We recited scriptures from memory. We gathered at the table for prayer. He supported me and my brothers whenever we had speaking opportunities. My brothers would go on to both be called into the ministry of preaching. I would be called into the ministry of counseling for the church. He always told us to be sure of what God is calling us to do and to stand on the promises of God. He was the speaker for my high school baccalaureate service. He entitled that message, What Now? When one chapter of life closes and the next one is opening, what do we do now? I reflected on that a lot after he died. What now? What do I do now? He took up a lot of space in my life. When I got married, 
He was the one who played the organ at my wedding. And he walked me down the aisle. And he performed the ceremony. Because who else? When my daughters were born, who else would dedicate them to the Lord? Yes, I had a pastor to, to do that, and they did too. But the gift given to allow my dad to dedicate my girls to the Lord and the gift received to have that as yet another experience that lasts a lifetime is priceless. To God be the glory for the things he has done. That was his saying. Always giving God the glory. I have a strong sense of and dedication to family in large part due to my daddy. We were always close to my maternal side of the family because we lived in close proximity to my maternal grandmother. However, daddy always made it a point to make sure we knew his people too, that we didn't live in close proximity to. I remember family reunions and playing games and singing and storytelling and historical fact sharing. Lots of preaching and praying and music as we come from a musical and a ministerial family. He always made sure we knew our people and the accomplishments of our people despite the challenges then. I so often wonder what would he think about the societal unrest of today. He strongly believed in education. It was not acceptable to be subpar in education. Not so much that he tried to make us something that we were not, because he was firm in that. He was firm in you can only be who God has created you to be, and you, can, you have to find your own voice. So it was much more about living up to your capabilities. If you are capable, then there is no reason you should give anything less. I remember the way he hugged me after I graduated from college and after I received my doctorate. He also made sure I had his name on my degree. I said, yes, I'm a married woman, but I'm always a smith because he gave me identity, not only as a smith, but as a child of God, always reminding us of whose we were. I remember every night in the two houses I lived in during my childhood, watching my daddy make sure we were locked in and protected. I never realized how powerful of an imprint that was in my life until later in my early married life, my husband left the garage door open and I immediately felt as though I was not protected. I rented and I raved. I'm being left exposed. Anybody can walk in here and bring harm to us. I never realized the imprint of that security I felt until years in therapy, just discussing things and that connection was made for me. Daddy gave a sense of security. We didn't have much money and that was constantly repeated to us. However, I never experienced a day where we were hungry. We never experienced not having a roof over our head. We never experienced living without the most basic of utilities. I remember when we got cable, that was a big deal to us growing up as children. 
He was my first piano teacher. I am a lover of the various genres of music due to his musical influence in my life, which his mom influenced his life musically. Highly inclined musically. He played both the organ and the piano and he sang. He observed the gift in both of my girls early in their lives, as I did too, because of him. In so many ways, he laid a bridge that always connected us to our ancestors and guided us on how to proceed in the future. You keep family first. You keep them connected. You keep them informed. You keep them prayed over and you teach them to pray. I have always prayed to have a strong family because of what was instilled in me. And I pray that my daughters will carry that framework with them throughout their lives. Lastly, I became a huge football fan just from sitting around and watching the game with my daddy. I enjoy sports, but football is my main sport. Ironic thing is, he was an Auburn fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. As well as both of my brothers who are alums from that godforsaken institution. I proved to be the smartest one in the family, and I made sure I made that known on every occasion that I could because I graduated from the illustrious University of Alabama, Road Tide, Go Bama. So you can imagine the mayhem in our household growing up watching games, especially the Iron Bowl. Google it if you're unfamiliar. If you grew up with any knowledge of football, you're very familiar. However, it was more than just the game. It was a time of connection. Even if I, I, even if I left home for college and later when I was married with my own family, he would never fail to call me on Saturdays after um, those people that he cheered for played their games or we played ours. And especially when they played one another. If the game would be a late game, he would say, I'll find out tomorrow when I get the, pa the paper who won. I'm going to bed to get ready for church tomorrow. I miss those conversations where we would debrief sports analysts in our own minds. Definitely armchair coaches. I dreaded the first sports season without my daddy. I refused to listen to any news or watch any of the Braves game as that was his team. I cried most Saturdays since I didn't get to hear him say, it was a win, but it sure wasn't pretty. Some of the most exciting games with some exciting finishes would leave me in a heap on the floor, wishing I could debrief with him, realizing the phone call that I would never get. He took up a lot of space in my life. And now I have a void. So to those who never experienced a father growing up, you may recognize that void and you may not. Some deny, deny they missed anything and others struggle in various ways. There are so many things to be addressed when we deal with fatherlessness in our lives, but be it emotionally, physically, spiritually, or on so many other levels. Lord willing, as my daddy would always say, 
I'll be able to speak to some of those issues in future podcast episodes. But for now, my father took up a lot of space. And there were places where he didn't. Areas I wish he could have. And areas that he wasn't supposed to. He took up a lot of space. And he left a lot of space. Daddy, thank you for contributing to my love of words, my love of writing. Yes, I have a zillion notes posted everywhere and all on my desk, as was your MO as well. Thank you for contributing to my love of solitude and my love of music, my strong faith, my love of family, my fanatical love for Alabama football. Okay, yeah, the game in general, the road tired regardless. Yeah. And in his infamous phrase to all of us, just keep living, I have. And I realize that the things that are most important feel not the void, but feel life. Our faith, our family, our leisures. I could go on and on. I feel I have rambled and I probably have to some degree. There is still a lot of disorganization to my life, still a sense of stumbling around, trying to make some sense of it without me. So much more I could probably say. So much I wonder should I have said at all. However, he took up space. And this space is dedicated to him today. Reverend Willie Frank Smith, Sr. When I launched the podcast on my birthday, I launched it at the very hour I was born. He would always call me for my birthday and say, I hadn't turned another year older until that moment. So there was a void. I planted something in that space. It won't fill the void, but from it, there is a new growth, a new beginning. And so today, Daddy, as I have sought to be obedient to the leading of God in my life to, to launch this podcast, and yes, sir, after much prayerful deliberation, and yes, sir, I was seeking his confirmation, I dedicate my first Father's Day podcast to you. I have seen you withstand so much. Health challenges. your own trauma and losing your dad, rejections and ridicules and balancing professional and ministerial and family life, trying to make space for your own leisures. You used up every gift that God gave you. And in your dropping the mantle, I have resolved to pick it up and to develop the gifts that I allowed to remain dormant for one reason or another. I resolved to offer to God my gifts that he gave. I want to be found faithful as I trust that you were. So many little intricacies that I can see that would suggest that you were, even up to your last sermon. Speaking of sermons, 
your first sermon centered on Revelation 2.10. Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried. And he shall have tribulation ten days, but be thou faithful unto death. And I will give thee a crown of life. You entitled that message, Life Insurance. And how befitting that Pat would take your words and eulogize you with them. Your life spoke for you. In that message, you talked about being sure of the call of God on your life. You talked about hoping that people would hear and receive your own unique voice. You talked about our need for life insurance. You told us to be guaranteed we would have life eternal. We must accept Jesus as our savior. You said it happened one Tuesday for you. You knew you would get to the place you now reside, home. In your first sermon, here are your words. Let me tell you something about this policy. It ensures you have life after death. If you study this policy, Romans 6.23 will tell you, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It continues by saying in Revelation 21.6, and he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I would give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. If that wasn't enough, what about John 3, 14 and 24? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. You said one other person now has this policy. It happened one Tuesday. I didn't think much about it because mother and father were insured and I thought that that automatically would take care of me. Then another Tuesday at Selma University, Selma, Alabama, the policy was again offered. I took it, but I was negligent in keeping up my premiums. Then my eyes were finally opened and I knew that I needed that policy and I have been keeping up my premiums ever since. It's a daily thing, not monthly, not quarterly, semi-annually, nor annually, but a daily thing. Do I have any witnesses? Someone's been paying on this policy for a long time. Someone's been keeping the faith for a long time. And he, she knows it will pay off in times of trouble. It makes no difference how often you file a claim, it will always pay off. Listen and how it pays off during life. Water when you're thirsty. File a claim when you're hungry, it'll feed you. 
When burdens get heavy, the claim will lift you up. Naked, it'll put clothes on your back. Outdoors, it'll be a shelter in times of storm. Friendless, it'll be a friend that would stick closer than a brother. Blind, it is sight. Old and feeble, it'll be a walking cane. It'll be a father for the fatherless and mother for the motherless. It will pay off in death. If you keep your policy up, you'll get home someday. I know I'll get home someday. How do I know I will get home someday? How do I know it will pay off after death? The assets were accumulated at Calvary. Jesus suffered. He bled and he died. He was buried, but he rose again. Daddy, I miss you. I love you and I thank God for you. Happy Father's Day to you. And happy Father's Day to you, my eternal father. Daddy, you took up a lot of space and you left a lot of space. In that space you left, you paved the way for me to keep on living, standing on the promises of God. So I'm grateful to stand on the promise of God that is found in Psalm 68.5. God in his holy dwelling is a father of the fatherless. As you would say, to God be the glory for the things he has done. I hope my dedication of my earthly father Point you to the realization and the relationship with our Heavenly Father. Make sure you have your life insurance. Until next time, let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. After you have heard my call, what will be your response? And the church said,